Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Zivi Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And speaking of books, I have two of my own books coming out this spring and summer. Princess Charming is a picture book, which debuts on April 19th, and Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature comes out on July 1st, and it is truly a labor of love. I hope you'll pre-order, order, and join me on tour as I go across the country. You can find out more at zibbyowens.com or bookendsmemoir.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens because I always post about everything. Enjoy the show. Tunde Oyunane is the author of Speak, Find Your Voice, Trust Your Gut, and Get From Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. Peloton instructor, founder of Speak, and newly minted author, Tunde has quickly become a household name over the last few years, developing a global audience who has been moved by her mission to inspire and believe that anything is possible. Her debut memoir, Manifesto Guide to Life, is an empowering look into how she transformed grief, setbacks, and flaws into growth, self-confidence, and triumph. Speak, by the way, debuted at number one on Amazon's Movers and Shakers new releases category on the very first day it was available for pre-order and is now available nationwide. So if you follow Tunde on Peloton or even if you don't, this book is really fantastic. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming on Mom's No Time to Read Books to discuss Speak, find your voice, trust your gut, and get from where you are to where you want to be. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Wow. Congratulations. Also, I saw your interview with Brooke Shields last night and you said that was your first publicity. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's just starting to do this. How fun. 
Yeah, it was in person thing. I think I've even done in, I couldn't tell you how long, but yeah, it was the first time that I'd sat down and talked with, or spoke with anyone about the book. So that was uh, Brooke. She had her sections uh, highlighted and marked and was quoting passages of the book. And it was just, it was surreal to see someone outside of my team. So my publishers and my manager to see someone else read it. And the fact that Brooke Shields knows that I'm alive and then knows my words, um, pretty, pretty surreal moment for sure. <laughs> Well, I am not Brooke Shields, but I will tell you, I did the same thing and I documented so many of these pages. I know I watched. I was like, I did that too, Brooke. What are you talking about? You know, so um, I don't have a highlighter, but uh, I did have so many sections that resonated in so many ways. So I can quote some sections later if you want. But first of all, why don't you tell listeners, I, you know, I will have already read your bio at this point, but why write this memoir? Why now in your career? It's an amazing story. You have had an amazing journey, an amazing life story, so much loss. I could not believe as I kept going through the book, you know, one thing after another, my heart was just breaking for you. Tell me about your decision to write this, when you decided, and then what it was like even going through the process of writing it. Yeah, well, I mean, I said in the third grade that I wanted to write a book. So I've known my entire life that I wanted to write a book. And that was before uh, I experienced all the lessons that were coming. I think that you know, the, the, it felt like the right time. I knew it was the right time because the last two years has put so many people, so many of us in this space of supreme uncertainty, supreme uncertainty, doubt, where we're questioning what's important to us, where we realized truly even more so how short life is, how we can't predict what's to come. Um, I think the beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, anything can be next. And, you know, I think that through my stories of loss and tragedy, all the body image stuff and how I've moved into the space of joy and resilience, I hope that that meets you, the reader. I hope that it meets you exactly where you are within whatever you're going through. I think that ultimately as humans, we are more alike than we are different. I think that we're all very, very different, but I think that we are more alike than we are different. I think that we all long for love and hope. And yeah, I hope that my story inspires someone to trust their gut and, and move from where they are to exactly where they want to be. Well, I mean, you inspired me, so that was good. I mean after this, I was like, well, could I be a Peloton instructor? No, I'm kidding. But the way that I, the way you even talk about how you're reaching people, right? Everything is a means to an end, right? Every, uh, every sort of platform is, is just a, a way for you to share what you've learned, which is so profound, right? Because you can't go through all of this without taking something away. And you have a line in the book about how love doesn't really ever like go away, it morphs into different ways, or, you know, you never really lose how you feel about the people who you've lost or something like that. And it's just so resonated with me. I've lost a lot of people too. In fact, I have a memoir coming out this summer and I'm like, oh, I've got the body image issues. <laughs> I've got like, I've got the failure. I've got the loss. Like I, I feel like your story is so, um, there's so many pieces that I know so many people will be able to relate to and, and feel inspired by. So thank you. Thank you. I wanted to write a book that was Good. Sorry, I was. I, I wanted to write a book that was real. I think that you know, specifically, you just you spoke to the body image stuff. 
just now. I think that people see me on this platform as an instructor on this massive platform, I should say, as a person of fitness, a fitness professional. And you think, okay, well, that person just loves their body and they're confident. And and it's like, yeah, I'm very confident. And then some days I'm not. And some days I compare myself too. And then sometimes that little gremlin, that little voice of the 15-year-old girl that was overweight, who never made it on a sports team ever, she creeps back in and I hear that voice. And so, yeah, I just wanted to, to, to have a book that, or I wanted to write a book that was real. Mm-hmm. I loved, I didn't know, obviously, well, not obviously, I didn't know that you had tried to become an instructor and gotten so, so, so close and then gotten rejected and then got asked again by Cody to come back and try out again. And you pulled yourself together and went back after flying out to New York and doing the whole thing. Talk about that experience and and what you felt like was inside you almost, or what made you willing to say like, okay, I'm going to just do it again. I, I got this. Like, I'm not going to let the first rejection put, you know, push me down or whatever. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get back up and try again. Yeah. When I, I, I was a makeup artist for 15 years. I was in New York from LA. I was in New York for a cosmetic gig. And while I was there, I tried a cycling class for the first time. I'd never taken a cycling class like an in-studio cycling class. I heard Kelly Ripa talking about it all the time. <laughs> and so finally I said, I'd try it. After that class, I had, I walked out of the class and I had this hmm, divine download. I was walking, my walk turned to a skip, my skip turned into a hop. And then I feel this wave of blue energy come over my body. And within a moment, I knew that I would be cycling for the rest of my life. I knew that I would be teaching it. And I knew that I'd be teaching on the world's biggest platform, able to impact tens of thousands of millions of people every single day. I didn't know what Peloton was at the time. I'd never heard of it. And I I remind you that this was after my very first time. And so, you know, I... Uh, imposter syndrome, then, you know, I, I feel so confident in that. I feel so certain I get back to LA imposter syndrome sets in who would ever take my class, who would ever find me motivating, who would uh, be inspired by anything I had to say. These are all the things that I told myself. And then I start working at a mom and pop shop, Cody Rigsby from Peloton. I know, I now know what Peloton is by this time. Uh, DMs me, asks me to come out audition. I audition. I finished the audition. He tells me it was the best audition you'd ever seen. And a month goes by, I get an email. Uh, I wake up to an email that says, we regret to inform you. And so I didn't get the job. And I went through this like this space of, of darkness. When I lost very well, I lost my little brother when he was 19. And then three years after that, my dad passed away. And then three years after that, my mom passed away. This felt like another loss, not because something didn't go my way, it felt like another loss because I was so certain about this vision that I trusted, that I'd seen. And so, you know, I went, I was just in a space of darkness where just getting up and going to work became more difficult because I thought that I'd seen what I was supposed to be doing, or I was going to be doing rather next. Yeah, I, my life shows the data that I've taken from my life to this moment is that things always work out for me. Things always work out for me. Everything is happening for me and nothing is happening to me. Everything is happening for me and nothing's happening to me. I trusted that if I didn't get the job, I wasn't supposed to get the job. 
I trusted that if I didn't get the job, that there was going to be a reason for me not getting the job. I also, in my gut, just felt like the relationship wasn't over. You know, I had friends who knew that I was auditioning, my sister friends. And anytime a Peloton commercial would come on, they would like change the channel because they were so mad at Peloton. And I just couldn't be mad at Peloton with them because I didn't trust that that relationship was done. And then, you know, eight months passed, Cody calls me back, asked me, well, you come out and audition. And I did. And then I obviously, it's no secret, I got the job the second time around. Oh my gosh. Well, I just love that. I love that sense of, of perseverance. I mean, that strong knowledge. I just saw this movie. I don't know if you've seen it now. I can't even remember what it's called, but it's about Kurt Warner, the, the football star. And it's the same sort of thing where he had this vision. He knew he was meant to be this football star and everything got, got in his way. And even watching, you're like, I'm like, I don't think he's going to make it. But then like in the end, you know, he makes it and he becomes like an MVP and it's so unlikely. I felt like there were so many similarities in the story where you're, you're going along with it and you're like, not that it was as unlikely here, you know, because you could see all the vision and the persistence. You were so close and he was not close at all. But there's something like deep down where there's like, even no matter what life is telling you, it's like the universe is saying something different than life in front of you. And you have to just believe in that. Um, and I, I just feel like that came through so strongly in your story and is just pretty awesome. I think that so many of us have experiences like my blue light vision. It may not come in the form of a blue light or a hop or a skip, but we have these wildly intuitive moments where we're able to connect and hear the information that's trying to be provided or given to us. Think that society, the world, life growing up teaches you to block that intuitive feeling. When I was a kid in kindergarten, I said that I wanted to be a teacher. My dad said, no, you don't. You won't make enough money. So I told myself, okay. The funny joke there is that in the cosmetic world, I was an educator for 15 years. Now I'm a teacher and a coach every single day by virtue of a bike. I felt that thing and it was annoying. I think as children, you're open to receiving it and accepting it more. And then life goes on and you you get, and I'm saying this in air quotes, you get realistic. I was lucky enough that I saw that vision for what it was. I'm lucky enough that I didn't call it a daydream. I'm lucky enough that I didn't say, oh, I'm just tired and I'm hallucinating. I was in a hot, dark cycling room. No, I (laughs) saw it for what it was. I I believed it. Is that your dog back there? Yes. Sorry. She's upside down. She likes to lay on her back. My dog does the upside down thing too. How cute. I know. I love that you dedicated, you know, in your acknowledgments, you have a whole section to Cesar and it's like your love for your dog and how you talked about how, you know, at some point, like your dog is going to pass away. I think about that all the time. I'm like, this is what's going to happen. It's like dogs don't live as long. And I remind myself, but yet I still can't seem to think, you know, I'm like, I will not be ready no matter when it happens. So anyway, Mm. but thank you. (laughs) I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know, one passage of the book I was really struck with, too, was when you were talking about your friend who was in an abusive relationship and how you had, with the Uber driver, were outside trying to get her away from her, not husband then, but soon-to-be husband, who had basically was in a, in a rage and gone crazy. And you were there trying to help. And you tried to help her even after, and yet she kept going back to him. She wasn't ready. And I felt like that was another really important lesson because no matter all the teaching you do and no matter what you can bring to other people, people have to be ready for that change, whether it's leaving a terrible relationship or committing to exercise or whatever it is that you're trying to impart, even how to you know do makeup or be ready for that. Tell me about that. And if there were times maybe you didn't feel quite so ready. Well, yeah, I'll start by saying speak, uh, the title speak is an acronym, surrender, power, empathy, authenticity, and knowledge. And so as I break down all of the many stories, I relate them to these words as elements and how these words have have shown up as elements in my life. And so in that chapter, I'm really talking about the empathy that I had with myself, how I was able to then use that lesson to empathize with someone else. And so I was in a relationship that wasn't abusive, but it was destructive, right? Not normal. And so I should have gotten out of my relationship sooner. He, the advice of of the friends around me that were telling me um, what I couldn't see but I wasn't ready to get out of the relationship or end the relationship until I was ready to end the relationship. So then you fast forward to the story that I tell about my friend in the book. Initially, I couldn't see why she would stay. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I truly saw myself in her that I realized why she would stay. And then I, I learned about myself in that moment too. I, I took her experience as well. And me now being the person around her trying to shake her, um, I took that as a, a lesson as well. The people around you sometimes see you in a way that you can't see yourself. Mm-hmm. 
Very true. Yeah. So now that this book is is coming out, and you already referenced in the book your celebrity, right? That all these people now, when you go on the street, you're walking your dog or you're fighting with somebody on the phone. You want to like explain it to, to people, like, no, no, this is just what I'm. Yeah, this is who I'm on the phone with. How do you feel about? This, I mean, this book will only further, you know, catapult your your star, if you will, and the and the private experiences that you're now bringing to the world. Like, how are you? How do you feel? Are you ready for that? Like, what are you? Tell just tell. How are you thinking about that? That's a really great question. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. In that, you know, any time that someone, even the fact that you you're, you're quoting moments from the book, I'm like, wow, she read the book. And then I, you know, like I was saying yesterday with Brooke Shields, I'm thinking to myself. She, she said something about my dad before we started taping. And I mean, how did she know that about my dad? And so, yeah, it's all happening right now in real life or <laughs> in, in real time. Um, I'm finding that out. I'll get back to you in a month. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have put the information out there. I wouldn't have been so vulnerable in my stories if, if I wasn't okay with going there. My hope is that people read this book and they gift it to a friend. Like you, you see your friend going through something and you pass them this book as encouragement, as a guide. And so for me, if that means I'm kind of putting some of my business out there to uplift and move someone through something, uh, then then it's worth it for me. What, what kind of books do you like to read? I'm such a self-help sap. I like books or shows or I like books and shows that leave me feeling enriched. Mm-hmm. Like I like, I say, Hmm, <laughs> I do that a lot when I'm like moving something through me. Hmm. What is food too? Uh, well, <laughs> but like, I, uh, I love things that make me think I love, so not necessarily even just self-help books, but I love books that, that challenge something. A thought I love of uh, anything that makes me think, think about what I've known to be true, maybe a little bit differently or dissect a little bit differently. Yeah. I love that. I actually, right after your book, I read this book, Bittersweet, How Sorrow and Longing Make Us Whole. And I felt like these two together were like a great, you know, they're great compliments. Um, It is more of a self-help book. And there's even a quiz of like why you like you know, stories that make you feel and like, so oh, wow, yeah. that's good. Check it out. Not that I'm meant to be recommending books on this podcast, but anyway, to you. But yeah, I just felt like it also speaks to what I feel like is so profound in your story and it's, it's what you learn and what you do with it and how you sort of shed your DNA and become other people as you go through these losses and, and how there's such beauty in that as well. Um, I know that sounds hokey, perhaps, but but it's very, very true. So uh, <laughs> in terms of your Peloton world, do you ever get sick of riding? Do you ever have a day where you're like, I don't want to do this. I'm, I, you know, I don't want to pick it. I like, I'm, I don't feel good or I want to stay in bed or do you ever, like, I always wonder that about instructors. Like what, what if they don't feel like working? Or maybe it's just me. Cause I like never feel like working on it these days, but. <laughs> oh, the, in short. Yes. I, yeah, of course. There are, I'm a human being. There are days that I do not want to work out and my job requires me to work out. I'm a human being. There are days that I do not want to go to work just like anybody else does not want to go to work. But, and I always leave on a high. 
Yeah. Like I, I won't want to work out whether I'm at home or in front of a camera and then you do it and you're like, Oh, I'm so happy I did that. And you feel so much better. There are days where I don't want to go to work and I go to work and the class is fun and great or whatever. I sweat. It's good. And then I get home and I read a message um, in a DM from someone who says that something I said really hit them. And, you know, I think it's, I try to show up the way that I am. And so sometimes when I'm going through whatever it is that I'm going through a story or an experience or a quote or words that I might share on the bike might relate to what I'm going through. And then someone hears that and it meets them where they are. And then you say, okay, well, I'm happy I went today. Yeah. And it's healing. It's healing. Like when I don't feel good physically, mentally, even more so, um, it's healing. Movement is medicine. It's healing. I love that. You know, one of the, uh, you know, one of the things I loved is how the ending was not like wrapped up with a bow. You're like, this is where I am in my life today. This is not the end of my story. This yeah. is here. There is so like, there's so much more to come and like, this might not be settled and that or whatever, but like, this is now and like, I'm going to go with it. And I love that because I just love it. It's, you know, it, I feel like some books make you feel like they've figured it all out and that's it. And then that leaves the reader almost feeling like, oh, well, okay, I'm closing the book and I still haven't figured it out. Now what? You know? <laughs> so tell me about the ending and how you thought about that. If there was any debate on how to end the book. Um, well, you know, uh, the stories don't come in chronological order. And the intention there was when you meet a friend, when you become friends with somebody, you don't sit and tell them your story from start to finish. First, you just start talking, you gain their trust a little, then you gain it more, and then you go there. And so the events are all kind of scattered, and it isn't really till we move towards the last chapter that we that you meet me in real time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the, the, it, it was more so a matter of just meeting me in real time, and real time isn't tied up to your point um, in this perfect bow because there's still so much, not only just so much to come, but there's so much that's just still. There's so much that's still and happening and evolving and changing in real time. So, so yeah, I just, uh, I, 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 I started as a 15 year old girl, then quickly I'm 20 something and then back to 19. And then we ended it, uh, at 36 where I am right here right now. If you could go back and talk to your younger brother, is there anything you wish you had said or that you would say today? Like if he was listening in, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. We'll miss you. I'm sorry. I would tell him I'm sorry that his story was so short. Oh, so short. I'm sorry too. I'm so, this is so nice. Thank you for sharing all of your stuff with the world and all of your gifts and your desire deep down to make people better, whether it's how they look and feel in the makeup chair or sitting on the bike or reading your words. It's like, a very, you know, people probably, it's 
it's in the angel category of of goodness. So anyway, I, I think it's great to to recognize when we see that type of person in our midst, and especially when you can put it into such a great book, which was also just a great book for book's sake. So, so thank you. Thanks for chatting with me. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks everybody. Okay. Bye-bye. Best of luck. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for taking the time. Bye. Of course. Good luck. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zibby Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. 